0: To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at PaulStoneSports.org. Now, on to the show.
1: All right. Uh, First four days of the NCAA men's tournament have come and gone, and it's Tuesday night, March 22nd, as I record this week's podcast. So the Great Theater resumes in two days with uh, four games this Thursday, March 24th, and four more on Friday, March 25th. As I record again, Tuesday, March 22nd, about 6.25 p.m. Central Time. Folks, it's the Sweet 16, and without further ado, I'm Paul Stone, and we have reached some way or another, episode 44 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast and this week's podcast, appropriately titled, Guessing Games. The titles more or less a tribute to the unevenness, in my opinion, uh, and frankly, the difficulty of, of handicapping the opening rounds of the NCAA tournament. You know, not to sound like sour grapes, uh, but in my mind... Uh, For my money, the NCAA tournament, first of all, it's an absolutely incredible, made-for-television, multi-weekend sporting spectacle. But it's not the best betting event uh, for the discerning, season-long college basketball better. In the spirit of full disclosure, first of all, I was a modest winner last year betting March Madness. Uh, Primarily the NCAA tournament, but also the NIT and the other so-called lesser postseason tournaments. Again, a modest winner, about 55% last year. But also in the spirit of full disclosure, the first four days of this year's NCAA men's basketball tournament, not so kind to the old Stone Temple pilot here. Uh, But those 15 or so betting results, they certainly don't supersede or diminish uh, the overall positive results uh, of the previous four months uh, consisting of roughly 250 betting results. It's been a really good, uh, profitable, solid uh, college basketball season uh, for Paul Stone sports, but the start of the NCAA tournament, not so much. First of all, you know, by the theme of this podcast and by what I'm stating, I don't want to in any way diminish or downplay the accomplishment of those persons who had success, you know, betting the first full weekend of the NCAA tournament, especially those who have demonstrated, um, you know, true, real, long-term successful results uh, betting this marquee event, because I know some of those people are out there. And although I plan on winning this week uh, in the Sweet 16 and then the Elite 8 games, and I also plan on winning again next year, you know, on the whole, betting the, the 2023 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament, I just believe there are better betting opportunities in the sport of college basketball that come well before the month of March. You know, I highlighted uh, this belief, if you listen last week, in last week's podcast, episode 43 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. If you remember, that one was titled, Don't Forget About the Little Guys. And that podcast essentially intended to remind sports bettors that while the NCAA tournament dominates the sports media coverage of the sport in March... And even captivates a much broader audience of viewers who really don't even touch college basketball or tune in until March. It's not the only game in town, especially from a betting perspective. You know, don't forget about the NIT, the CBI, and even the basketball classic. The money's just as green laying 11 to get back 10 in those events. Uh, And perhaps for some of us, Uh, Those games have a higher percentage of covering. It may be easier to identify value or angles in those games going a little bit off the beaten path uh, than betting the uh, highly covered, uh, large volume, highly bet NCAA men's basketball tournament. So don't forget about the little guys. You know, along the lines of some of my thoughts about March Madness, and this is not an original thought necessarily. I mean, a lot of you probably share this viewpoint, but March Madness, the tournament, it's when commentators on the major networks and sports bettors from from throughout the land, you know, they begin to take notice of college basketball. Um, you know, they've mostly ignored it for, for the first four months. It's very unique that some of the main guys in studio, they really don't cover college basketball from early November until early March. Uh, and sometimes it even shows a little bit, unfortunately. You know, I know, I know few guys, few betters, if any, whom I would consider professionals or wise guys who truly look forward to to March Madness for its golden, grand betting opportunities. You know, those are few and far between this time of year. Handicapping March Madness is more of a guessing game, uh, in my opinion, more of a crapshoot of sorts. You know, the results become more random. Uh, There's little rhyme or reason. You know, sometimes teams in the favorites role will come out tight, They'll come out with some apprehension, uh, and uh, the results ultimately shows that. But other times, the favorite comes out and um, clearly uh, has much more physical talent than the opposition, uh, and they totally dominate. Uh, you know, the results, in my mind, there's just less predictiveness in these games, meaning the, the games are more difficult to handicap. You know, sure. Again, some are going to win betting March Madness, and some have consistently won. You know, pros and joes alike. Uh, and again, I was a modest winner last year during uh, a March Madness. That won't be the case uh, this year, uh, going into the the game, the tournament's final fifteen games, uh, unless I have some type of a sterling showing and basically uh, sweep the board from here on out or, or do quite well. I might not have to quite sweep the board. Professionals, by and large, almost unanimously, much prefer the early season window from early November through Christmas, where study and preparation can uncover, you know, some value. In that time of year, the house is still contending with booking The NFL, college football, uh, NBA has started, many other sports. So schedules can be really heavy on some days for the bookmaker. Really a lot of volume to handle. It's virtually impossible for the house to hang a solid number on every college basketball game, especially with so few data points. So few games have been played. So if you're a person who does intense Detailed off-season study, if you read a lot, uh, I think you can find some advantages. Again, their, their focus and attention is divided between multiple sports. And important to note as well, the handle that they receive and the exposure that they have on early season college basketball games is minuscule compared to what they face in the mammoth NFL and even college football for that matter. So if you know your way around the basketball court, you know I think you might be able to catch them napping now and again, might be able to pick off some bad numbers. But when March Madness rolls around, uh, that's never the case. You know, the teams have by now by this point have all played 30 to 35 games. My power ratings uh, look very similar to Jeff Sagren's power ratings uh, and also very similar to the guys who roll out the overnight numbers at the market making books for college basketball. So everybody's numbers are kind of the same. So in my opinion, it becomes less of a handicap and more of a guessing game, hence the title, Guessing Games. You know, we all have different strengths and weaknesses for that matter as sports handicappers and sports betters. It's absolutely critical that we play to our strengths. And equally as critical or important that we avoid or at least manage our weaknesses. I would say that virtually everyone right now listening to this podcast has at least one strength as a sports batter. No matter how new you are to this endeavor how underqualified you feel, how much of a novice you might feel that you are, you have some strength as a sports better, whether it be a a certain sport, um, a certain league in a sport, or maybe even just a single team in a single sport. You know, a team that you're able to identify what their performance might be in relation to public perception more times than not, therefore you're able to transfer that into a winning overall record on that individual team. So I think everyone listening has at least one strength, if not more, uh, as a sports bettor. I've been doing this a long time. You know, I, I don't get emotional about betting results, whether winning or losing. You know, I don't let myself fall into the trap of what we call recently uh, recency bias, rather. Uh, but once the tournament's over, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna reflect. I'm gonna look back on my tournament bets uh, over the first four days of the tournament. You know, in an effort to be better at the same time next year. You know, I, I again had a really solid regular season. It, it's been a great season overall. But like a lot of people in the sporting arena, whatever your role is, I hate losing more than I enjoy winning, you know, it's just the way that some of us are wired. So it really, uh, you know, it does kind of, I hate to say bother me, but that's, that's the correct terminology. It does bother me when I have a, a losing uh, cycle and, um, you know, the, 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 results just don't, uh, go my way. And you've got to take, uh, you've got to be accountable, uh, for your, um, results for your performance Uh, At the same time, knowing that, uh, you know, there is um, a 55% record, uh, again, is never going to be a case of someone hitting 55% every day, every week, every month, every two months, whatever the case might be. You're going to hit 55%. um, In my case, as I have over probably about almost 300 games this year in college basketball, and, uh, you know, there's a saying, you know, ebbs and lows, you know, ups and downs, ebbs and flows, highs and lows is how it goes or something like that. I might have mangled that or misstated it, but you get the, you get the idea. There's a lot of swings. In a college basketball season, man, again, you've got to be on top of your mental game handicapping college basketball because it's played seven days a week for the most part. You know, you're going to have good days, bad days, and everything in between, good stretches, bad stretches, good weeks, bad weeks. You can't get too high when it's going good. You can't get too low when it's going bad. You've really got to keep your your head screwed on straight. So college basketball is really unique because I just, again, handicap the three sports. Seriously, college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. But there's nothing like it uh, in my realm, the sports that I handicap, just that daily up and down, uh, continuous handicapping, continue, you know continuously following teams, making notes on teams, reading material, and things like that. But it's really fun, too. It's a lot of uh, fun, especially when you, you have some success at it. Now for my quick plug this week, Paul Stone Sports, again, specializing in just three sports. And you've probably heard me say this many times before, including already once on this podcast just a few moments ago, college football college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. 57% against the spread this past season in college football. Uh, That's regular season and bowls, 55%. 55% this season combined in NCAA men's hoops. And again, that's regular season and March Madness. I'm one of the few handicappers who markets selections to the public, who chooses true transparency, I'm monitored by the independent and respected the sports monitor of Oklahoma City. If you understand how difficult it is to win long-term, as I have been able to do, and if you're a critical consumer, I might be your guy. You know, also, I think it's important that I offer affordable rates, you know, rates that add up and make sense to the bottom line. Just $79 from today all the way through the national championship game on Monday, April 4th, just $79 for the rest of college basketball season. You can also get the remainder of college basketball season and all of my PGA Tour releases through late August for just $249, golf only for $199. If interested, uh, please go to paulstonesports.org. Again, that's paulstonesports.org. Going to keep this one short uh, as well. I've kind of shortened some of my podcasts in the last few weeks. It's really been busy, about to get to the end of college basketball uh, in another uh, couple of weeks, and then it will just be, not just be, but then it will be uh, off-season preparation, uh, full steam ahead for college football 2022, and then PGA Tour golf also really going to focus on the golf At that point, so it's going to be a little less hectic, and I might be able to or I will be able to produce slightly longer podcasts. I'm never going to be someone who's going to do hour long podcasts, I think that's uh, too long. A lot of my podcasts are going to be 25 to 35 minutes again, many over the last few weeks, even a little bit shorter than that. But without further ado, now to this week's comp selection in college basketball, we're going to look no further. Then Thursday's Sweet 16 matchup in the Lone Star State, Uh, San Antonio, the River City to be exact, a game between favored Villanova of the Big East and Michigan of the Big Ten. The Wildcats in this one now favored by five and a half after opening at five. You know, I think Michigan, first of all, has faced the more difficult road in its first two games of the NCAA tournament to get to San Antonio. Uh, the Wolverines defeated Colorado State by 12 and then knocked off Tennessee, a three seed, 76-68 to 68 this past weekend after trailing by six with under eight minutes remaining. This is a Tennessee team that many felt like might qualify for the final four. Uh, many argued that the Vols should have been seeded at least a two seed, if not higher. But Michigan takes care of uh, – Tennessee wins by eight, advances to the Sweet 16. Villanova, not necessarily big in the front court. That could pose trouble for the Wildcats defending Wolverine center Hunter Dickinson. Dickinson comes into this game off two great performances in the Wolverines, opening two games of the tournament in the first one against Colorado State again. 21 points for Dickinson, six rebounds, and four block shots. He was eight of 10 from the field against the Rams. And then in this past game, again against Tennessee, 27 points, 11 rebounds, and one block shot. Eight of 13 uh, from the field against Tennessee. So for the two games from the field, Dickinson, 16 of 23. That's 70%, any way you slice it. Also, even had four assists against Tennessee. Dickinson's hot. Villanova, not that big. I think they're going to have trouble with Dickinson. If he continues to play as he has these first two games, I think Michigan has a chance to win this game outright. But in any event, I'm going to recommend taking Michigan plus five and a half on Thursday over Villanova. Well, that does it for another episode of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. going to be another great weekend of uh, watching college basketball. We also have a couple of PGA Tour golf events this week, Uh, most notably the Dell Match Play event, a unique uh, format tournament played there at Austin Country Club in Austin, Texas, uh, about 200 miles from my home and residence in the eastern part of the state of Texas. Everyone have a great remainder of your week. Enjoy the games. Be responsible. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Again, I so much appreciate you listening to the Paul Stone Sportscast, or podcast, rather, podcast. Again, until next time, signing off once again, I am Paul Stone.
0: Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast.